Longbox Crusade presents monthly Monday movie muckabout because the podcasting world needs yet another movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Not Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I love movies. And I love comic books, and I've got an extensive collection of each. Now, I usually sit here and talk about movies and talk about my big collection and the collection that's here at the Longbox Crusade attic, but you know what? Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about comic books. And there's nobody else that I'd rather talk about comic books with than my good friend, Doug. Doug, how are you doing at the Comic Cave in Portland, Oregon? Hey, I'm good. Thank you, sir. It's good to see you. It's nice to see you, too. We're reduced to this because we are recording this in the <laughs> middle of the pandemic. At last time you saw me, I had a face covering on. I can't even bring my daughter to your store to do her cartooning anymore. It's a sad, sad time, but that's okay. <laughs> we both had masks last time we saw each other. This is true. This is very true. And I bought some comics from you, too. So that's also a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How, how is everything going for you? <laughs> it's good. The comic industry, I'm, I'm definitely switching my model a little little bit, like the stuff that your daughter likes. Some of the kid books, you know, the Raina Telgemeier, the Dogman books, I'm definitely selling a lot more of those. But business is slower in some ways. I mean, people, you know, some people are still out of work. Some people are still struggling. We're just kind of plugging away. I mean, I limited my hours a little bit and I'm very careful in the shop. Well, you know this, we had about a month, the warehouse shut down. And so we stopped right. getting new comics five or six weeks, March 23rd to May 20th, I think it was. But ever since then, it's been it's been going pretty well. And it's a, it's a nice summer and just kind of enjoying Portland and hoping that things get better at some point here can only hope so we can only hope so but i appreciate you and i appreciate all the other retailers comic book retailers in portland we have a great community here and anything that we can do to help you guys out that that's that's what we try to do you know as much as i like talking comics with you and i wouldn't mind doing more of it i think we should get to talking about movies and specifically the movie that i want you to watch for our little show here are you interested in finding out what it is i am i'm really curious Okay, thank you very much for sending me a list. It was very comic book heavy, and I went ahead and went with one of those, and I chose Blade. Oh, awesome. From 1998, directed by Stephen Norrington, this is the Wesley Snipes Blade movie. Kind of what is thought about as the real Kickstarter for what came later from Marvel Studios. Wesley Snipes, Nabush Wright, Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, Donald Logue, and a few other people starring this fun, action-packed movie that you haven't seen. How How is that possible? Why haven't you seen this before? Hey, don't, what year did it come out? 1998. 1998. Okay, I got married in 97, so maybe maybe newly married and just, you know, didn't want to drag her to every comic book movie, something like that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to pick your battles, huh? Yeah. Maybe at the time it was low on my radar. I've always been a little bit more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. But I, I mean, everything that I sent over, those were all movies that I secretly wanted to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to have an excuse to watch them, so I'm excited. Well, I'm glad to give you that excuse. What do you know about this movie? What Have you heard about it, or what have you seen about it? I know Wesley Snipes is in it. I know that it's um, got such a such a great history. I mean, it's it's Marv Wolfman comics, right? Mm -hmm. Just some amazing 70s, uh, amazing vampire stuff. I know that there's, there's a fair amount of action, and I know that there's gifs or gifs, or however you say that. I know there's a lot of that from this movie. <laughs> And I think, are they bringing Blade back? Or are they bringing Wesley Snipes back as Blade? 
Oh, they're that's doing a, something. I think they are. They there has been some discussion about bringing him back in to the Marvel universe, and it was so long ago. It was, be, it was before time, so I I have to really <laughs> search my memory about what the last rumors on that were. But yeah, like D D twenty four or something. It seems like they popped up the name at the last second. The that's D, right. D Disney Expo, you know. Yeah. Well, you know that you're a Disney guy. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to do a little more research and see what the future for Blade will hold. But in the meantime, what I think we should do is we should go ahead and let you get on to uh, grabbing this movie from wherever you can, sitting down, having your wife with you or not, that's your call, taking a look at this movie, and then we'll come back and talk about it. But for the time being, we will let everybody else listen to a trailer from Blade from 1998. You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topic. There is another world beneath it. The real world. For thousands of years, they have existed among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. Now, one will lead them to conquer mankind. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. We're going to be gods. And one will try to stop him dead. Worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me. Half human. Blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant. Half immortal. You got the best of both worlds. All our strengths. None of our weaknesses. He is their greatest fear. And our only hope. This open season on all vampires. Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff. You're one of them, aren't you? No, I'm something else. Blade. And we are back. Before we start to talk about this movie, I'd like to give just a quick synopsis of the film for those of you who, for some reason, have not seen this excellent film. Born immediately after his mother was bit by a vampire, Blade was cursed and blessed with the bloodlust and powers of vampires. He was discovered at a young age by professional vampire hunter Whistler, who molded and guided him into becoming a machine to slaughter all creatures of the night. Today, Blade is on the trail of Deacon Frost, a human-turned-vampire who is bucking against the Council of Elders and wants to take over the world. <laughs> Deacon has translated an ancient text that has shown him how to call the blood demon, La Magra. He just needs the blood of one daywalker, a.k.a. Blade. What do you think of this early, early Marvel Comics action hero starring Musley Snipes? I wrote down some notes. It was bonkers, but I kind of loved it. <laughs> you know, it was just like, it was all over the place. There was the early scene where the sprinklers start shooting out blood at the, over the rave. And uh, I was just like, 
why are they doing that? How did they come up with like tanks of blood? You know, <laughs> did they drain a bunch of people? What? what? <laughs> oh, there's a lot of questions in this film. There are some plot holes that are like, hmm, what's going on here? But yeah, we'll get into that. Your first impression is this, this was just bonkers. What about your expectations? Did it meet your expectations of what you thought the film was going to be? I mean, I was expecting a comic book movie, mm-hmm. and it it was. I kind of referred, I just watched it last night, I kind of referred back to like Wikipedia and stuff like that. It, it felt like a comic book with the the action and everything was so stylized and over the top. It was very different from, from what I knew about the comic, you know, the comic written by Marv Wolfman, sure. and it looks like originally blade was um just immune to being turned into a vampire and then later he got bitten by morbius the spider-man uh-huh. villain or anti-hero or whatever but this one was was totally different yeah i had this whole story with the mom just a bunch of it, things but but yeah it still felt like a comic book movie probably like some of the early mcu movies yeah where it's like oh they changed that because they didn't have the X-Men, you know, they couldn't do mutants at the sure. time for the Civil War movie, that kind of thing. Yeah, it just was a way of of bringing in everything that you needed to know about the character and bringing in him as a, a certain bit of a hero or anti-hero and putting him into this world so that you could have a good narrative right from the go. I think you're right about it being very much like a, a comic book movie because it has that origin story type of a feel to it. It was. I was going to say it was also very... Um, I mean, I, I think I expected an action movie. I expected some bullet time and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Wesley Snipes was amazing. But it was a real horror movie. I'm real over the top. You know, yeah. the the Chris Christopherson getting getting mutilated and, you know, all the blood everywhere, which which you expect a little bit of that. But um, I thought that was interesting. I, was, I wasn't used to... I thought the... I think of Deadpool as the first R-rated Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't, I wasn't used to like everybody saying the F word and stuff like that. I was, <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, wow. Okay, well, I guess they did that back in 98. <laughs> yeah, this because Marvel didn't really have too much of established film franchises that have had been successful to that point. I mean, this is pre-X-Men, pre-Spider-Man. You know, the only thing that they had at that time that was on anybody's radar really might have been Howard the Duck. So you know, they didn't have anything that was really out there for their properties. And so they wanted to try something different. You know, what? how can we bring in some of these characters into a cinematic universe and not make them cheesy and not make it kind of goofy? You know, we can't really follow too much with what Batman did or what Superman did, but how can we change things up? So, okay, well, we'll dip our toes in with a minor character and we'll play up that world, which is a vampire world so let's go up with the blood and the and the cursing i guess because marvel went bankrupt in the 90s right mm-hmm. and this is the end of the 90s so they they sold spider-man to sony and they sold mm-hmm. fantastic four x-men off to fox yep and so yeah they had to even the mcu it's like some of those are like thor he was kind of a third tier character at that point mm-hmm. but the whole mcu history is kind of making lemons from lemonade it's, yep. it's kind of cool yeah, you're right. They just totally embrace that. Yeah, I think I think this this was kind of their way of how can we do this? How can we take some of the lesser known characters and go up with them and see what we can do with them? And I think I really have always said that this film is what brought us X Men and Spider Man and then the MCU because they're like, okay, here's what worked, and we already knew what didn't work. How can we capital keep capitalizing on this? And also, I think you see a lot of this movie Blade in what they did with Netflix and Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. I mean, there's a lot of common elements between Blade and those characters. 
what are some of the things that you really enjoyed about this film? I, I know you ta- already talked about the blood coming down from the ceiling at the beginning, <laughs> but what are some of the high points of this film for you? What are the things that really stuck out? That surprised me. I don't know if that was a high point. <laughs> was, that made me go, huh? Um, I just, I think, I think the acting was real, real well done. I mean, Wesley Science was really good. Um, Chris Christopherson, which again, I, he shows up and I go, I'm just like, huh, you know, um, I jotted down, uh, it, it's Roadhouse meets vampires. <laughs> He's playing the Sam Elliott role in Roadhouse. <laughs> and, and I guess Wesley Snipes is Patrick Swayze. Wesley Snipes is really good. Uh, Donald, Donald Logue. Mm-hmm. Is that how to pronounce that? He was, he was so. so yeah, he was so good as a sidekick. I've, I've mostly watched him in Gotham, but he's done so much. The woman who played the the doctor who helps him. Mm-hmm. Um, even even the, Stephen Dorff uh, as, as Deacon Frost. I he's very comes in very underrated. He comes in that that swarmy kind of prototype of what we'll see more of the two thousands. But you kind of you didn't really see that in the late nineties. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah, he um he had a whole plot. You know, there was a good arc. You know, I mean, they could have. The whole the whole thing at the end with the the tomb clashing together mm-hmm. and then there's there's blood everywhere you know it's like at at this point in this movie that felt normal and it felt kind of you know <laughs> like okay well this is what we're doing now you know like some movies um, the cliche is like the blue light from the sky but, mm-hmm. and it's like, where did that come from and why are we doing this but um, but this one I don't know it just kind of made it work yeah. yeah he was really good yeah he t- he took the one um, the older vampire out and you know held him in the sun you know there was that whole scene which was also really good i mean they dwelled on the the gore so much you know the camera mm-hmm. pull, pulls back just as somebody explodes you know <laughs> you are right that this is that horror movie and you know now they're talking about new mutants just came out and i haven't seen it yet but they're always talking like this is this is uh, the marvels this is marvel's introduction to horror i'm like wait We've already done the introduction into horror. We did it back here. You know, if you're trying to say that this is the first one, no, it's not. We've already done Blade. And Blade was a horror movie, but you tend not to think about it because they do desynthesize you to it early on with that early blood scene. And, you know, they're getting Blade, then blood. This is what we're going to do. Get used to it. This is normal. And they're talking about blood the entire time. So at the end, when they're going to do a blood demon, it's like, all right, sure. Why not? (laughs) Makes sense to me. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of that, what do you think about the special effects? I mean, we're talking late 90s special effects. How did it hold up for you? I thought it was good. A lot of, I don't know if they did practical or what they did for some of the explosions and stuff, but um, I thought those were, I mean, stylistically, I felt like some of them, I mean, we're going to talk about Lowe's in a minute. Mm-hmm. I felt like some of it was over the top, you know, like really, you know, <laughs> oh, we're going to cut off Donald Logue's hand again, you know, <laughs> stuff like that, but. No, I thought the effects were pretty good. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have anything that I rolled my eyes at too much. I mean, knowing, having seen movies in that era, uh-huh. and knowing what was possible. You were saying that. Let's talk about some of the lows. Let's go into some. What were some of the lows that you saw in the film? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm not that big of a bullet time guy. Another one, I think I put this on my list. Another one that I've never seen was like The Matrix. Mm-hmm. And so they had a few bullet time scenes. They had the Breaking Bad stuff where the clouds fly across the sky at super speed. Yeah, I think it happened like. Three times in the movie. The passage of time. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And at the end, they, again, they earned it with the whole climax. I think the climax is just another cool high point. Mm-hmm. But I just kind of felt like some of the stuff, oh, geez, when he's uh, 
he's taking blood for the wom- from the woman and they kind of drag that scene on a little bit too long and it was pretty pretty sexual you know and that's understandable yeah if, given given the content context of vampire stories but I think some of it was just like I said was I rolled my eyes a little bit. Oh, even the the cabal of the old European vampire guys. I was like, oh, that's kind of a cliche, isn't it? You know, but it worked. Yeah. I mean, it was a good with Stephen Dorff. You know, he's he's slowly taking over and he's getting them together and they're going to be tar- part of his thing. Oh, um, neat effect when they would like a little gargoyle or something would pop out of their mouth at the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're. The, the blood demon starting to get called and in order to do that they call it the spirits or what the remnants of the souls I guess the the vampire in them is kind of pulling out of their mouths and shooting out yeah, yeah. It, it's it's almost like almost like their skeletons are escaping kind of a thing through their mouth and it's it is very evocative and I was even looking at it too it's like how cheesy is this and I'm like nah it still looks kind of cool it's I mean, crazy it's crazy good I mean yeah. it just pretty awesome yeah it's like you know you're wondering if they tried doing that nowadays and with better technology and and better effects would probably ruin it for some reason i think there's something about that old way of doing it like that that they did it as good as they could and it comes out looking pretty darn cool (laughs) yeah yeah i jotted down i wasn't sure what to think about the whole the whole thing with the mom i mean we're talking on spoilers and oh yeah definitely that, I mean, coming yeah, back if, and he kills his mom and it's like uh, you know I, that's kind of a layer of darkness that yeah it's it, there, there's a there's a couple of creepy things with uh, Blade's mom in there it's like ooh and now she's hitting on Blade ah that's that's not cool I'm not, <laughs> I'm not okay with this but at the same time it was it needed was it not needed I think the film would have been just fine without Blade's mom there. I, yeah. I think I, I, there's nothing that her being there really brought to it, uh, even on a bit of a, oh, my gosh, it's his mom. It's like, you, you know what? You would have been just fine with Deacon Frost saying, hey, by the way, I'm the one that killed your mom. I'm the one that that, that turned her. Just have her yeah. die in the in the hospital or, or have her be dead. You could still have Deacon Frost saying, I'm the one who did it, but I didn't think she needed to be there. I don't think it really yeah, brought anything. You could totally have a line of dialogue. And that and that origin that's not in the comics, to my knowledge. Do you, do you know differently? I don't remember my my knowledge of the comic of of Blade is is a bit low, but I don't think that that is that is correct. Yeah, I don't. I thought that was new for the movie, mm-hmm. and it was just I had no problem with oh, it. Oh no! It was- as far as an introduction and origin story, I think you get it right away. It's like, oh, she was bit by a vampire by a vampire, and she just gave birth to this child, and he is now infected, sort of. It explains a lot, and you can easily just like sounds good to me, fantastic. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. So it, it, instead of getting to like, oh, he was immune to them, and then he got bit by this other guy, and then this other thing happened. Nah, we're over with it in like you know a minute, two minutes. I was gonna say I'm I'm all over the place. I was talking about all the stylized stuff and the slow mo and all that, and there was a great scene when they're in New York, and I think there's a narration that's even like, oh, you. you, you vampires are everywhere you don't even know you know mm-hmm. like you're zipping by in a car or something like that and, and it goes real slow and some somebody's taking a bite out of somebody's neck yeah. you know right right there from the car window and it's just like just great stuff yeah it's i kind of put this on this on a little bit the same pedestal as a on some levels as john wick you got that kind of feeling here here's the world that we know it and then here's the underworld that you don't see it's they do a really good job of, of painting that out like oh you think you know the world you think you know everything that's going on well I hate to tell you, but there's all this other dark stuff that's happening down here. 
Yep. What about some of the lines? I mean, you're on the internet, you've seen a lot of memes, and now you kind of see where they come from. There's always somebody trying to roller skate uphill. I'm, I'm you know, editing this for family content. Um, <laughs> there's some good lines and some good looks by Wesley Snipe in this film. I, I think you've already said that you liked his acting in it, but I mean, all in all, what do you think about... He was a good, tragic figure. You mean looking at it from now, too? Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, I thought it was... Uh... I mean, the whole the whole plot with Chris Christopherson and how they're closer than he's willing to admit. Chris Christopherson's kind of been mutilated and dying, and he's got he's got like some bandages or something, and he's kind of cleaning them off a little bit and listening to him. I thought it was really um, pretty poignant. I mean, here's this dark character, and and it ends with with you know your classic superhero comic book ending. You know, I'm I there's still work to be done, and I have to go out there, and you know, I can't I can't cure myself from being a vampire, even though we've got maybe this good cure here. And so that's how it ends. I, I thought I thought it was really well done. I always look for movies to see if, if there's an arc. And there wasn't really an arc for him, but it was it, he was so, so three-dimensional, you know? Yeah. Blade doesn't necessarily come to any real conclusions. I mean, he still hates who he is. He still wants to change who he is, but he realizes that he serves a purpose with the power that he's got. So uh, that's his arc. There isn't really an arc. Uh, we have the doctor character who is the eyes of the audience, and you know she's got her own semi-arc. She's really good. Yeah, she's, 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 good. she's really good, but I mean, as far as her arc, hey, I got infected. Hey, I found out about this world. Hey, I'm helping this guy. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's no real arc. I think the biggest arc that might have occurred maybe was Deacon Frost. He he succeeded in his quest goal um, and <laughs> then died horribly. But <laughs> but as far as you know, plot and character arc, I would be I am very comfortable saying that this film has very small amounts of it, but it makes up for it with amazing action and a really good storyline. As far as here's what's going on. Here's the problems that are occurring. Here's how it gets resolved. It's fine with me. And you are not bored watching this film. <laughs> Blade gets run through the ringer, right? Yeah. I mean, because oh, sure. he meets his mom and he has, to, he has to kill his mom. Yeah. And he gets, you know, t- stuck in this torture device and they bleed like a lot of blood out of him. <laughs> and then his blood gets used to do the whole demon thing. And yeah, he goes through a lot. <laughs> we, we want our heroes to go through a lot because that helps us cheer for them at the end. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or anything else that you wanted to mention about the film that that stood out to you? No, just that I think we talked about this in the opener. Uh, I had not seen it. I think that was the year I got married. Probably just not a big date movie necessarily. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think you could weed out the right uh, the right person for you in your life. Do they like this movie? Do they not like this movie? I mean, come on. (laughs) I watched it last night just by myself with headphones and um, just I thought I might watch half and half or something, but I just I just had to finish the whole thing and I just had a lot of fun with it. It's a relatively long. It's like two hours and two minutes or something, but, you know, relatively long for like a horror or a comic book movie, but just well worth it. Just packed with action and fun stuff. Yeah, I'm always surprised at how how long it is considering how fast it feels going through it there's not too many parts that really drag too much you know a couple of scenes could be a, are a little bit long but there's no scenes themselves that really drag i think unless you have anything else to say we can go ahead and rate this film if you'd like yeah absolutely now on our show we'd like to rank our films by how many full bags of popcorn we'd like to give it so one to five no halvesies how many full bags of popcorn would you give it oh no i, have, I did four and a half um <laughs> I'm going to say four, just because it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I think I said before, you know, there's a few things I rolled my eyes at, but I was just having so much me personally, I was having so much fun. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think that this is a solid four. I mean, you go into it expecting, okay, average comic book movie, but it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of action and there's a lot that it brings to the table. It's not a perfect movie at all, but it is so much fun and is so enjoyable. I totally agree with your four on that one. Now, Rick, had you, had you seen it in the big on the big screen when it first came out? Whew. Boy, I got yeah, it. I'm trying to remember. I, I am pretty sure I did. I... I can't remember. I can't remember exactly. I just remember I've always seen this film as soon as it came out. So, 1998. I was uh, I was living in a, a townhouse with two other guys, and we always had a large group of friends, and we're always over at our house watching movies, or we were out at movies. We get done with movies, we'd be talking about movies, and we'd go and buy more movies so we could watch more movies back at the house. I am pretty sure my friends and I went and saw this in the theaters. I don't know of any reason why we wouldn't have. So, I just... Do you have... Do you have any memories of seeing it on the big screen in that experience? Or I, I honestly don't. At that point in time, we were seeing movies very frequently. So I don't remember actually going and seeing this on the big screen, but I am sure I did. I, I can't remember. I don't know the reason why I wouldn't have. I bet it's great with a crowd on the big screen, you know. Oh, the crowd of... Uh, Seeing this on the big screen with a crowd of uh, comic book fans, especially nowadays, I think it would be a hoot. I think you get a good group of people at a beer pub theater watching this on a rerun. You know, after the COVID times are over, let's say, oh, this would be an absolute blast. This is a, a good cult classic movie that has that has stood the test of time. Before we get out of here, I would like you to tell everybody where they can find you, not so, well, they can find you on the internet, but they can really find you on a physical location. Go ahead and tell people where they can locate you, Doug. Yeah, I own a comic book store called Comic Cave PDX. We're up in uh, kind of North Portland, um, the neighborhood of Kenton, kind of by the giant Paul Bunyan statue. My website is comiccavepdx.com and you can find, you know, I've got an eBay store. I've got a fair amount of content on Instagram and Facebook on what we're doing um and we are definitely open through covid just being extremely careful and just kind of enjoying selling comics to people people it feels like people need good stuff to read right now and i also will say too that he partners with a local artist and during the before times and hopefully after the covid times they did small kids art classes at his store too which my daughter participated in and i am very thankful for you and your uh, friend for putting that up because i think it's a fantastic thing you're a very talented daughter, yeah. Um, yeah, I have, we have two different teachers. We do uh, when when we're not when we're not dealing with the pandemic. We do a little four hour drop in once a month, and you know we'll do for for winter holiday. We'll do like a camp. It, it, we do it as much as we can. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, right now it's kind of indefinitely on hold, but um, it's very fun. It's one of the most rewarding parts of it all. Yeah, nothing like being able to be in a comic comic book store doing art with other kids who like doing comic books. So. Thank you very much for that. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff Rick Present or my other podcast, Unpacking the Power Pack, which I host with my personal blood demon, Jeff. If you would like to be on the show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick Present, all one word at gmail.com. And I'd like to do a big thank you to the Longbox Crusade Network for letting me use the attic of their wonderful headquarters to broadcast my show. And also to their sponsor, Omaha Bound. If you want to get any comic books bound up in a nice book, highly recommend you going to Omaha Bound. Send them your comics. You'll get a lovely book back. I also am fancy like Jared Albrecht. I got Nth Man, my entire Nth Man collection, bound into a nice 
book. It's fantastic. Please remember them if you want to get your comics bound. Also, thank you to the Longbox Crusade members who help support this network. And if you would like to do that, just head on over to Patreon and search for Longbox Crusade. That is all we have time for today. Until next time, grab the popcorn and pull up a seat for our next episode. Our theme music is The Entertainer by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. 